Inside Motorsport, we look back at the final round of the Shannon's Nationals for 2015. Hope you'll stay with us. joins us on the line the 92nd Shannon's Nationals event and the final one in some ways under its current guise Richard it's been an amazing number of years of, of work and hard graft and last weekend you marked it with the best of the best in this era of Shannon's Nationals competition yeah thanks Craig uh, it was something of an end of an era I suppose the end of the first decade of the, the Shannon's Nationals Fall back in 2006 as a direct response to what was going on behind the scenes in Australian motorsport at the time. We've just been through the collapse of the ProCar series with Ross Palmer. We've been through a transitional year with AMRS, which was around for one season. And then the categories and promoters got involved and the CAMS Nationals were formed. Back in 06, Shannon jumped on board in 2007 as the major sponsor. Uh, and it's grown from there, and it's it's grown a life of its own. It's become a very strong part of Australian motor racing, and it outlasted a bulk of the second tier, I suppose, series in the sport. So it's it's been around longer than Super Touring was, longer than Pro Car, longer than the Power Tour, and all the other various incarnations of Division Two racing, or whatever you want to call it. It's been a great thing. So yeah, we celebrated the end of a decade uh, at the weekend at Sydney Motorsport Park, and it was a great way to put a full stop on what's been a, a great fun experience. What do you put down its success to? Do you put it down to that it was it was the the categories integrating with promoters or do you put it down to any one thing in particular? I think first and foremost it was stability. Uh, that before 2006 there was a huge amount of instability. There were big business involved, there were uh, eccentric personalities involved, there were a raft of different categories that were controlled by different people. I think what the Nationals did was or and continues to do to this day is provide ability uh, and continuity every year. Um, the calendar evolved. It was never massive change year on year. It looks very different now to where it was in 06, but over the course of that period, it's been general evolution. Um, so stability is one, and um, it, it's been an affordable way to do it. It's been well promoted. It's been well run. Um, without any of the histronics and some of the stuff that goes on in other series. So I think that's it's probably its main core. Um, but then on the side of that, you've got a great program with great cars and such a diverse program where you can rock up at a race meeting and have sports sedans followed by one make racing, followed by open wheelers, followed by touring cars, and I think that's also part of the appeal. Mm. Now, sports sedans became the focus of this final round when Tony Riccadello, the amazing sports sedan champion was named the best of the Shannon's Nationals era. Yeah, and that was a really interesting project to, to go through and it was uh, it was quite quite uh, pleasing over the weekend and quite humbling in a way to see how the drivers reacted to that to the point where Stuart Castero, Triple Manufacturers Championship winner, was driving with Dylan Thomas in a Mitsubishi. Actually, Dylan put number three, Stewie, on the front panels of both of his cars to acknowledge the fact that Stuart was voted uh, number three in our top ten list, which was a great accomplishment. Um, and Tony Riccadello was was quite humbled by that as well. And it's, it was the obvious choice to have Tony as number one, but at the same time, he has massively deserved that. I mean, he won his ninth national championship on the weekend. He had strong opposition all year. He had Jack Perkins coming into the category halfway through the year. Young guns in Tom Randall and Stephen Tomasi, who were very, very strong. And over the years, he's raced and beat some of the very, very best that sports and and racing in this country's ever seen. So well-deserved, and it was almost appropriate in a way that he would wrap up his ninth 
championship uh, just two days after it was announced that he was number one. Because some of his battles with Stephen Hossack over the years have just been legendary. Yeah, the, the Ricky Dillo Hossack battle's probably been the definitive moment of the Shannon's Nationals. I think if you go back over 10 years, Tony and Daz have been the two constants that have fought wheel to wheel almost every year. In the two years Ricky Dillo was away racing V8s, but outside of that, they, they always end up on the same bit of road. They're very competitive. They've, they've just had a fantastic rivalry. Um, they both play it down, but there's an electricity that goes through the paddock when they're qualified first and second. And they've had some amazing races over the time. So if there's one thing that's defined us on track over the last 10 years, it's probably been those two cars. And that's why they've been a focus of a lot of our marketing this year, because they, they sum up what we're all about. Great racing, great cars, great people, and putting on a great show. Mm. And, and of course, you've with the calendar, you've had different tracks different programs because you just had so many divisions wanting to be part of it you you could have a really diverse calendar and a a diverse every year not going back with the same thing yeah correct i mean i think last year was our record year we had 14 different categories over nine rounds um which was a, a very very exciting thing to do so you could conceivably go to one racetrack in march and then go back there in september as we did with Phillip island have completely different categories um, all run under the same banner, but just completely different uh, core group of people there. So, um, yeah, that, that's part of the appeal, and it, it, it was set out as a stable place to race, and the, the categories and the competitors really embraced that, and you just have these amazingly diverse categories. You'd have you'd have the high-end budget, you'd have GT cars and people spending a lot of money and the full pit set up and everything really, really slick and professional, and then down the other end of the paddock, you'd have a, a bloke in his saloon car who pushed it off the back of his trailer with his toolbox, was running it himself from an easy up in the uh, the back of the paddock. But they all had exactly the same opportunity to get on the track, to get TV and to get the same amount of track time. Mm. One thing is that you did... Uh, the Nationals was a great supporter of regional Australia and Malala, Wakefield Park being two of the, the many circuits in the regions that you were able to visit. Morgan Park, the other one, we were the first national championship uh, series to go up to Warwick into Morgan Park Raceway, and that was a big, big moment for us, and it was huge. It's one of our biggest ever race landings. So, um, yeah, that was part of it. It's taking it to places that often get a bit neglected in uh, in the motorsport scene. So that was um, that was another element of it. And, and the other one was giving categories an opportunity that, that might not have had it elsewhere, and the, the Kumo V8 Touring Car Series is probably the most obvious um, that springs to mind, and that's very, very successful and strong and healthy now. Um, and Porsche Jetty 3 Cup was founded on the Shannon's Nationals program, and it's now one of the strongest national categories anywhere, irrespective of running on the V8 bill, the Shannon's Nationals bill, or elsewhere. It's um, it's a great category. So that's part of its appeal, that it could, uh, could opportunity or give opportunities to tracks and categories as well. Richard, it's we're talking as if it's over, but of course it's not. It's just changing next year, and perhaps you can tell us what are the, going to be the critical things in the transition. Yeah, I mean we are we are talking a bit like it's it's over, but I suppose we're more reflecting on the end of a decade more so than the end of it altogether. Um, so midway through this year, it was announced that Cams had acquired um, the the complete business, so they'll be running it in house next year from CAMS in Melbourne um, with their own people guiding the show. Um, But on the surface, not a lot of it will change. The categories will be very much the same. Uh, There's there's talk of some new additions. I think Touring Car Masters might end up doing at least a couple of rounds, which will be exciting. 
Um, it wouldn't surprise me if you see some other different categories on the program. But for the most part, the core will remain the same. Um, and I, I don't think a lot will change. They've, they've booked in a seven-round calendar going into all the tracks we go to this year. Um, so there'll, there'll be some changes, certainly, and, and it'll be an evolution. But it, it's just another step forward. I think it's another just a change, slight change of direction to how it's been run. But um, in the end, I think the whole premise of what the Shannon's Nationals are all about will continue on, and um, and hopefully that all continues without any dramas whatsoever. In the, the final few seconds we have, what's the the standout moment for you in your years of being involved with Shannon's Nationals? Oh, that's a, that's a really, really tough one to put it on, but there, there was a race at Queensland Raceway in 2012 between the, the Hossack and Riccadello rivalry that we talked about earlier on, and they traded the lead about eight times in ten laps, and it was just intense, it was pressure-filled, it was hard motor racing, and you knew at that time that those two cars were being driven as hard as they were ever going to be driven. And for me, that just personified what the Nationals was all about. There might not have been that many people watching, but those that were there appreciated it for what it was. So that, that sticks in my mind as a, as a clear, really favourite memory on track. The, the off-track moments are long and will end up in an autobiography of mine at some time, I'm sure. <laughs> Richard, it's always a pleasure to speak with you and uh, we look forward to catching up with you before this year's out, although it might not be about the Nationals or Formula 3. Thanks, Craig. Always a pleasure. That's all we have time for this week on Inside Motorsport. Till next time around, keep smiling and bye for now. Inside Motorsport is produced by Thunder Media for the Community Radio Network.